Hey everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. As always, I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up a Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. So, Scott, how'd you do yesterday? Overall, didn't really do much. Uh, if you looked at my YouTube play, I gave out a look-ahead play on college football. <coughs> Already beat a one-point line move. <coughs> uh, everything worked out accordingly based on that. But I only had one preseason NBA parlay. I took two overs. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, I split them. We'll talk about the one I lost on in a little bit. All right, fair enough. Well, of course, I'm giving you a hard time for for uh, being a chicken and not making a play on tonight's games or yet or yesterday's games. Uh, I think you'd know why, based on judging I, how the play we gave out on this sh- on I, this two, joint two, show two, yesterday worked out. Two days in a row, man. <laughs> I, uh, well, I well, we'll we'll get into it. I leaned on my kid for my play of the day. So he's already better than me at hockey handicap. Well, we'll find out. He's got the Ducks, and as we record this, it's uh, we're a little better than halfway through the game. The Ducks are. Hanging on by their tiny web feet. They're getting totally outplayed, but somehow they're still up. So I got a bad feeling, but we'll, we'll see how that ends up going. So, yeah, it was kind of a slow day in the world of sports betting, but we'll get to all that. We do have a lot of fun stuff to get to on today's show. We're going to talk about the college football games that are going on tonight. We're talking about the NFL contest with TB12. And uh, we'll also talk about... A little something we like to call Game Five there in the NL West, Scott. Because that could that have gone any other way? It just no. I said going in the series was going five had, no matter what. Had so. to go five. All right. So before we do all that, we'll talk about uh, who maybe took it in the shorts. Now, you know, Scott, uh, we we usually put these lists together, but Scott usually does the majority of the work just because he's so darn fast and good at it. But I'm, I'm really an expert of looking through all of the atrocious beats over the course of a gambling day yeah you're 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 really you've really zeroed in on a on a skill set there my friend but it was kind of a challenge today but you ended up doing a good job we've got three to get to so let's find out who they are scott who was out there what what dgens were out there betting on preseason basketball and took a bad beat let's find out who's got to call the cops all right, there we go. All right, DJs, if you had the Knicks minus eight and a half playing the Detroit Pistons, you were in great shape. They led by 16 points with, I'm sorry, it says here 59 seconds left. Oh, well, they should be able to cover that. Uh, Pistons went. <laughs> Pistons I told you, I was, I was digging for these, but these Pistons were good. went on an eight zip run to end the game. Knicks win by eight. Wait a minute, that's less than eight and a half. Holy shit, I've lost that bet. If you had the Knicks minus eight and a half, call the damn cops. If you're wondering how that happens, by the way, three-pointer, missed a layup, layup, inbound turnover, three-pointer, let the clock run out. That's how that happens. I can't believe I didn't have that bet. That My bets would have been in mid-season NBA form right there. But anyway, looking at the second one in the NBA as well, if you had the Grizzlies and Pacers under 214, you had 200 points flat with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, 16 points in the final one minute, 55 seconds. Game landed 216. Was that a blowout? Was it a close game? Uh, I believe the Pacers won by two. Okay, so it was a it was a back and forth. I, uh, you but know. it wasn't even fouling garbage time stuff. No, I think just, both teams just kept scoring. Yeah, that, that, that happens. That's awful. Last one. If you had the Celtics on the money line, man, nice price plus two hundred five, getting better than two to one on your cash. Yes, please. If you, that was going up against the Orlando Magic, the Celtics led by one. Well, that doesn't sound impressive until you realize there's less than one second left. Uh, the Magic, they don't call them Magic for nothing, Scott. They hit a shot with 0.2 seconds on the clock. Celtics lose by a single digit. If you had the Celtics money line, you might have had to come in from the other room because you were already celebrating. And when you got back in the living room, you found out that you just needed to call the cops. Some random no-name guy with a jumper. You don't know what college you went to. He's got no chance of actually playing. Doesn't matter. He was the hero for today. Yeah, he'll be in, he'll be in Bulgaria within a month. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the opposite 
this is the way they should go. If you're going to bet preseason NBA, if you're going to bet hockey, whatever it is, you should get nice, easy wins. Let's find out who today was sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was in the NHL. If you had the Maple Leafs and the Canadiens under six, you had two goals in the first period, zero goals in the second period, and one goal in the third. Game ended two to one. Oh, they didn't blow up for six goals in the third period like they did last night or the no, night the before. The Lightning didn't pull the goalie seven times in the final five minutes. Good lord! Hey, if you had the Suns playing the Blazers, laying the seven. Uh, you know what? You knew you were in pretty good shape not too long into this one. You led 21 by 10, by 21 at halftime. And the Suns said, you know what? We don't even know what taking the foot off the gas pedal means. They ended up winning by 45 points. And you'd think that'd be the worst disparity of two teams of the day. But Scott, you would be incorrect. Got another one for us? Yes. If you had the Mavericks minus eight against the Hornets, you led by 31 at the half, and you think, well, you know, 31, that means they'll probably win by 40. You know, they'll stop trying. Are you get a halftime line there like Hornets, Hornets like plus five or something? Uh, I can check. Probably like plus two, plus three, whatever. Okay. What if I told you the Mavericks played better in the second half than they did in the first half? Because they won by 68 points. Oh, my God. So they led by season basketball. They won by 68. They won the first half by 31. They won the second half by 37. That's just some bad basketball right there. And I mentioned my two pick parlay, by the way. So I had the Bucks and Jazz over, Mm -hmm. which won. Yes. The other pick I had was the Mavericks and Hornets over 219. Oh, that was half a good pick. The Mavericks scored 127 points. I lost the total by about 40. (laughs) Well done. Well done, sir outstanding uh, 59 points in a preseason game are you out of your mind all right let's find out who's wearing the golden sombrero and scott this is this is this is getting sticky buddy this is really getting sticky it's not the first time we've awarded this organization the golden sombrero and i'm going to go out on a limb here, my friend and say nor will it be the last let's find out who is today's donkey of the day All right, Scott, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There's a little investigation going on with the Washington football team. Toxic work environment, a horrific uh, situation with cheerleaders, uh, racist emails. It's really, it's a grab bag of fun there in Washington right now. In their defense, it's racist, homophobic, and misogynistic emails. It's the triple crown. It's It's the the triple crown. Don't don't sell them short on the racist stuff. They They hit all three groups. Ah, uh, don't sell yourself short, Judge. You are a tremendous mm-hmm. slouch. Um, so they have 650,000 emails they've gone through as part of their investigation. Apparently, Scott, despite the fact you have nude calendar shoots of uh, cheerleaders and videos of the calendar shoot recorded without their knowledge going around among the executives, you have a toxic work environment, you have racism, Who's the bad guy? We've, there's one bad guy that we've identified. Who is it? The worst person in the Washington football team organization is apparently John Gruden. It's John Gruden. That's right. He's the only one out of, that did anything wrong out of the 650,000 emails. He's the one they're going to uh, pretty much bring the whole ton, the whole wall of bricks down on. Yep. And the NFL feels like they did a good enough job investigating everything else. And yeah, hands are clean. They're done. Nothing, nothing to see here the going N- forward with the NFLPA would like to see all the emails, um, the lawyers for the cheerleaders that are currently involved in a suit against the Washington football team would like to take a little peek at those. Scott is public is public pressure going to eventually be too much for Washington to bear? I'm going to say no because if that was the case, Snyder would have been out of a out of the owner spot about what three four years ago well, i thought he's not isn't he's not officially the owner now right he, uh well i mean it's his wife who now apparently handles day-to-day affairs but right. the point is he's still in some position of power you've had a lot of situations in the nfl where it seems like them and we talked about this before how them and other organizations will just sweep things under the rug until everything hits the fan and mm-hmm. then suddenly they become extremely proactive because they have to mm-hmm. save pr face they're relying on the news cycle they're going to wait it out. Nobody's going to talk about it in about a week. And all the news stations will talk about Mahomes throwing 400-something passing yards against Washington, and you won't have to talk about this thing anymore. 
So let me ask you this, and this is something we we talked about this story a little bit the other night, um, um, a little more than actually came out on the tape. But um, where does ESPN lie in all this? Because as this was going on, they were employing Gruden. So do you think any of those emails? Is there anybody at ESPN that's going to wear a little collar on this, Scott? I'm not really sure, but I do think it's a little hypocritical when ESPN breaks a story and all of the talking heads are roasting Gruden for what his comments, because of course they should naturally, because his comments were extremely distasteful and wrong, but that was also their colleague during this, during that time span. So it does speak pretty poorly and there is some hypocrisy involved with ESPN criticizing one guy who just so happened to be an employee when the whole scandal broke, don't you think? Yes, I totally agree. That's that's why I wanted to get your opinion on this. Now, let me, I just, I want to ask you, do you, in your heart, do you think Gruden is a racist, a, a homo, homo, and homophobe isn't the right word because that means you're afraid of gay people? I wouldn't say that, although I would be afraid of Carl Nassif, but. Well, I'm, I actually missed most of the, of the emails i didn't read through any of them he called michael sam the keyword correct was there anything worse in there or he just called him the keyword um they that's as far as i as far as i know so there's um, no documentation of him calling him like the f word for example or anything like that no yeah no okay um so, so yeah but so has he just done a really good job of hiding it See, I don't know how much of it was him hiding and how much of it was institutional because apparently accessing all the emails and having a paper trail or an electronic paper trail of all of these awful, I don't want to say slang terms, but basically slang terms that you were using in a derogatory sense. I don't know if I can, I don't know if it's all Gruden because if you talk about just your conversations with friends and you maybe you'll use a slang word, not in a derogatory sense, but you have maybe slang words or some code key phrases you use all the time like something sweet or something's awesome and you'll say it about everything. Don't, then don't you think that if you're going to be using some type of slang word that's derogatory, some of it is peer associated because the people you're talking with also use the same vernacular sure. all the time? Uh, yeah, so you need to hang out with better people. But the point I'm trying to say is that Gruden's clearly not by himself on this because there's oh, no, no way he's using no, this no, type no. Of vernacular and the person on the other end isn't using the same vernacular. That's just not how conversations work. Yeah, I'm going to guess the email response that Gruden getting wasn't like, whoa, 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 buddy. Come on now. You got to remember, this is the 21st century. You can't say things. Holy mackerel. Those huh? women have fathers. Those are people's daughters. Like, I don't think that was how the conversation No, went. no. Just, you know, just just ridiculous. So No, I, I could have come up with better examples for, like, the slang words. But the point is that if you have a friend group and you'll use one word you know, all the time. It's well, not now, even When you say slang terms, are you word. saying racist derogatory terms? No, not slang racist terms. Okay. I just mean, like, if you're saying, like, something is sweet, you use the word dude a lot. Okay. The odds are the person you're talking with also uses the same word all the time. Okay. So I'm assuming if Gruden was using words that were homophobic or sexist, the right. person on the other end was probably using the same words all the time as well. Yes, or or probably or worse. Yes. So I'll stick to the word dude or bro in this example. Because if you're saying that, the odds of the person you're talking to also says that all the time. Okay. Is all that right. fair? Well sort of, although I use I use I use dude and brother a lot. And but I'm saying do the people you talk to occasionally use dude and brother sometimes probably are you the only person saying it sometimes i am yes absolutely okay true. but other times other people will say sure the same sure yeah okay so i'm saying sometimes i'm sure gruden was receiving emails involving these derogatory names yes absolutely true i i, I totally agree with that i i don't i don't i what gruden did obviously he done and he deserves to be done yeah. but just to reiterate i don't mean personally if you're using racist slang terms i mean just generic slang terms bro brother whatever okay if you're saying it to other people the odds are it takes two to tango and other people in that circle are probably using the same slang words yeah yeah i would i would agree so i just i'm i think we're gonna get to sort of the bottom of this and it, it could be it could be it ugly. depends on sort of because you already had the new york times investigation mm -hmm. then the nfl apparently wants to do no more research into the matter whatsoever we know that the NFL and Goodell are going to protect the owners at all costs because I can guarantee you if Dan Snyder was behind the toxic uh, sexist work environment, 
I guarantee you there's at least one email of him using sexist language to be found. Let me tell you something. If those emails still exist, if they sit on a server somewhere, somebody can get to them. If they do, so, some, I guarantee you Snyder has a handful minimum. There's a there's of, a there's a group that just 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 dumped the uh the Pandora papers about the tax dodges and tax havens for the uber rich across the world. If they can do that, they can find they can hack the Washington football team's internal emails. Um I'm curious what percentage of the Washington ring that was involved with this photos going around whatever use derogatory language with no evidence whatsoever, I got to say at least three quarters, don't you think? I don't. What are you you're talking about? Like management, ownership? Yeah, like, what are you just saying? Everyone who was involved in the email chain of getting these videos and photos from cheerleaders and whatever. I yes. got to assume it's more than half. I'd say everybody on the cheerleader list, anybody that saw those videos or pictures, I'd say all of those people have a very good chance of using racist language and, and homo and homophobic language and sexist. So I'm assuming it's probably North of 50%, 75% of the people. Involved. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Correct. Ugly, ugly situation. I think it's only going to get uglier as more of that comes out. But once again, the donkey that is the NFL, because they're just completely sweeping the whole thing under the rug and using Gruden from the wrong organization as a fall guy. Ain't going to work. Ain't going to yeah. work. I just, I just don't think, I just don't think it will. I just, I, I think. Agree. All right. So, I'll let you do the honors on this one. I'll do it. Let's find out who it is. Scott, there's so many times I'm, I just I have to say it. I, I'm I'm not mad, Scott. I'm 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 just disappointed. All right. So as you know, the last couple of days for our bet the farm play, we have decided to dip our toe in the world of hockey. Now, if any of you that follow me, you know I'm not a hockey guy. I'm the sports I, calendar did not help us out. I, I enjoy I enjoy the sport. However, I have no way, shape, or form a good holly, uh, hockey handicapper I am learning. However, uh, Mr. Reichel uh, currently lives on Long Island, where they have a little team called the Islanders. He's a gigantic hockey fan. You grew up with a stick in your hands. Scott, do you play, have you played hockey? I, play, I have not played hockey since arguably first grade. Okay, but you did play hockey. Yes, okay. at some point. Okay, so follows hockey quite a bit. You're a big hockey fan, right? Yeah, I watch hockey all the time. Right. So you think naturally Scott would be a pretty good hockey handicapper. So regular season opened up on Tuesday night. We figured, what the heck? We got a couple of games. We got a good, got an angle here. Let's play a hockey pick. And how'd that go? Uh, which one? Uh, the, the one the, uh, one, the one that we picked. Penguins for, one or the Rangers one? The Penguins one. They both lost handily. We had, it depends which one you want to talk about. Yeah, the, we had the Penguins. Uh, what did we have? Team total under? Two they under two and a half. I mean, they had I mean, two goals going into the third. They ended up with six. Ended up with six. So we just barely missed that one. And then yesterday we, we said, you know what? There's nothing else going on. We've got to come up with a hockey play. And in reality, I will I will say this. Scott was reluctant to do another hockey pick because he said, you know what? Uh, I, I generally run cold to start the season hockey handicap. And I'm just telling you right now. I'm, like, I'm as cold as the temperature on the ice. I'm like, dude, we got nothing else. So... I wasn't doing tennis. No, so he's we not. Had to go with hockey. He was not allowed to do a tennis play. That's right. So he went with another hockey play, and had a pretty good. He had some pretty good rationale behind it, and had a couple of goalies that uh, were good. And, and uh, then you had one of their best players wasn't going to play. One of the best players of all time was luckily going to sit out. So we took the New York Rangers um, against the Washington Capitals. Scott, how'd that work you out? You reminded me to give me full credit for that pick, by the way. What's that? Which I appreciate. You gave me full credit for that pick on the air yesterday. 100%. 100% you. That's right. And, yep. how, how'd and that, uh, how'd they got go? their ass kicked. Hey, they, they, they did. Five to on one. On top of that, see, that's the issue I think I have with hockey the most, which is the fact that if you try to do overnight plays, right, it's so easy to find information on baseball and for uh, football with and even basketball. Baseball's, a little, baseball's a little sketchy sometimes, but football, basketball. Little, but at least you know yeah. it's pitching. Like yeah. you, you can find out Generally. some things. Yes. So hockey, I talked about two goalies which were projected to play. They're both healthy. Mm -hmm. Neither of them played. They had the Zamboni driver play. Instead. They used the other goalies playing in the game. And Ovechkin couldn't move. Yep. There were reports that he was not going to play. It's fine. He played yep. and he scored two goals. There you go. So. so the bullet points, no. We did it a day in advance. And yeah, everything I mentioned it turned out to just not happen. And the Rangers ended up getting their ass kicked. So we're pretty excited about sharing our hockey play with you for tomorrow. So uh, no, I think we're discontinuing the hockey stuff. But <laughs> it's one thing that I can 
admit, you know, which is the fact that hockey has never fully been my strong suit with handicapping for whatever reason it is. And if you know that that's the case in your personal handicapping, if you know there's one sport that uh-huh. you're awful in, yeah, it's like you're an abysmal baseball handicapper, for example. I am not. Don't bet on baseball. You know, you can find other stuff to bet on. Well, so see, hockey, nothing else on. I'm going to take an angle with some injury news and stuff like that. But sure. I do acknowledge grand scheme of things. There's a lot of other sports I'd rather bet than hockey. There you go. And I guarantee a lot of our listeners would too right now. I think they would too. All right. Very good. Um, you know, and we, we tend to have some fun. We tend to roast each other. But we, at the end of the day, we, we try to give you a play that we think has the best chance of winning. And sometimes sometimes they don't work out by a little bit. And then sometimes they're spectacularly wrong. So I have absolutely had my share of spectacularly wrong picks. So, And I will be roasted accordingly. Well, I'll uh, give you an example. I had the Western Kentucky under over the weekend. I think they're still scoring. I think they would they put up 175 points or whatever it was between the two of them. Utterly ridiculous. So we all have horrible, horrific, how could you be so wrong picks? It happens. I'm going to own it, but there's, if there's any other sport on that's not hockey, you can assume I'm going to take the other sport. Fair enough. Just saying. All right, bud. Um, there was some, the, the NBA was weird yesterday. It really was. I'm, I don't know if they're starting to get more ready for the season or whatever it is, but the odds makers, uh, they still haven't quite got a, uh, got a handle on it yet, Scott. I believe the odds makers were just a little bit tipsy yesterday. What happened? So we're going to look at the total department for NBA preseason. Of course, this is one of the final preseason games uh, left because the NBA season starts next week. But it seems like the defense is starting to ramp up a little bit. And it's not because people are being benched. That was in some case. I know Boston benched basically everybody. But other teams, including the Hornets, who lost by 68 points, actually used a decent amount of their starters, which is even worse. But the point is, is that you saw a lot of low-scoring games on yesterday's card. The under went five and two should have been six and one because I talked about the bad beat on the under in the Grizzlies Pacers game. Right. So you can really make an argument. The under should have been six and one yesterday finished five and two, but some of those unders weren't even close. Is that something going forward when the season actually starts, we should keep our eye on. I, I don't really know how much I could read into it though, because you've already had a couple of preseason games. I'm sure some of them are just going through the motions, right? You already know what the rotations are. The question is, people are going to be fighting for either the 10th spot on the bench or the eighth spot on the bench, you know? So you have a couple of positions up for grabs, but the starting lineups are pretty much predetermined as soon as preseason starts. Sure. So I do think some of it is just working out the kinks, running some plays, trying to get some familiarity with it. But I do think some of it is when you're down late, are you going to pack it in? And some of these teams, when they were down a lot, packed it in. So I don't really know what to take away, but I do know that the odds makers were pricing some of these totals based on the high scoring nature of the first couple of preseason games. And it seemed like the defense rose in quality and the lines didn't move. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right, bud. So speaking of the NBA, you know, you got the, you got the Kyrie drama there in, uh, in your neck of the woods. That's, I know that's your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Steve Nash head coach of the Nets. They, uh, the, the Nets management ownership, made the uh, tough but right call about Kyrie. So, first of all, do you agree that the Nets did what they had to do? I don't know what else you're supposed to do. You're going to let Kyrie just take time off and then play half the time? It ruins and, every ke- all the chemistry you have. So, they had, they had already changed they changed the Barclay Center to a work to an office space, right? So, he would be so able the, to practice. What No, what ended up happening was that they ended up I don't know if it was the Barclays. I don't think it was the Barclays. I think they practice in a different Or gym. their practice facility. Okay. Yeah, the practice facility they changed. So that way Kyrie could hypothetically practice. He would have never been able to play right. in the Barclays Center. Yeah, because so that's a decided, public that's a public space. I yeah. get you. So the, so the Nets decided, do we A, let Kyrie practice in New York to never play and then play occasionally on the road, which is a huge distraction. Your rotation is going to be messed up depending on if you're at home or on the road. Or do you just cut ties entirely and say, when you're serious about competing for a title with us, come find us. I'm okay with what they did. I think it's a huge distraction. I know it's people are going to still talk about it, but I do think that if you can't force him to get the vaccine, you got to take the out of sight out of mind approach. Don't you think? Sure. No, I, 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 t- I totally agree. You can't, you can't have a part-time player. You just. Now people are still going to ask the nets about it almost every day, mm-hmm. but it's different when you're being asked from a distance 
as opposed to seeing Kyrie once every three days and then remembering, oh, he's not just not going to be there whenever we're playing on at home. Now, let me ask you this. That's unpaid for this season, right? Yeah, he's forfeiting a ton of money. Yeah, what's he, what's he making this year? 30? A lot. 30 plus? Yeah. 30 plus. Huh, okay. It's also the last year in his contract, so the Nets have expressed that they're not right now open to a contract extension, which is a classic no shit situation, but they right. heard publicly, yeah, we're not discussing a contract as of right now because how are you supposed to? You don't even know when COVID is going to officially blow over. Right. Right. So, it, it could be something we're dealing with a year from now. You know, yeah. I mean, and you, if that's the case, then are you going to really extend Kyrie just for him to sit out again next year? Of course not. Now, I don't know if Kyrie is going to cave. I do think that that's another incentive you could have for telling Kyrie to take a hike, which is that the longer he's away, the more you think you can psychologically pressure him into getting the vaccine in the first place. You know, and that's the thing. You know, everybody says he's selfish, you know, for not doing it for the team and all that. Well, he's got his reasons. I will say this about Kyrie. He's been very generous with his money. He's, I know he's paid tuition for some students to go to uh, um, a, uh, historically black colleges. W- WNBA salaries. Uh, I I, he's been, he stepped into the breach with some WNBA salaries. I know he's uh, hooked up a lot of school kids with gear and like to the tune of like a quarter million dollars and things like that. So. Kyrie may be a lot of things. You may have a certain opinion on him, but selfish, I don't think, is a, is a label that fits. I, no, I, I think Kyrie's just a guy who walks to the beat of a different drum. He does. And he is a very opinionated guy. Some of his opinions are not good. Honestly, stupid with the flat earth stuff, but yep. other stuff he's passionate about. And he's very, I don't want to say stubborn, but he's very, I'm trying to get the right word. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, Scott, he's principled. Yeah, that's, abso- we'll put it that he's way. absolutely sticking to his principles. If you're yeah. willing to sacrifice thirty million dollars for what you believe, then you are a principled person. It doesn't now whether you agree with those principles or or not. That's a different situation. But you know, he's he's sticking to his guns, buddy. And you know, he is, you think he's going to cave? I think at some point he might if he's out for a couple months and then maybe around December or January, he decides like, all right, it's time. Mm. But first of all, I think the Nets will be fine holding a float in the regular season without Kyrie. How has that affected their price going forward? Their future. Uh, the win total, I believe has dropped by about one. So okay. it's really barely moved. That's I know a, that the, does that surprise you? A little bit. I thought it'd be worth more than one win. I thought it would be like three or four. So, the, pick a spot so if they have basketball and war, you're saying he's his war is one for an entire season? That that's what the Ozmakers are telling you. I, I can't. So I don't. I don't fully buy. I, I do think, think the so. Nets team, if they stay healthy, is just completely stacked. I think it's the best team in the league. What did it do to their championship odds? I was gonna say it, it went up by I want to say ten to thirty, give or take. So only like from plus two twenty, plus two thirty to like plus two fifty or sixty. Okay. So it really hasn't moved that much. But I think that in order to win a title, Kyrie is going to help you. I mean, duh. He's one of the most talented offensive players in the league. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. Hey, speaking of a talented offensive player, you know, who's been atrocious this uh, preseason so far is Russell Westbrook, Scott. Is, uh, if you're the Lakers, are you sweating that? Or is it just, you know, Russell Westbrook, it's the preseason. You've, you've got, a, you know, what, a dozen of them under your belt? Do you care? Well, that's the thing is that it's too early for the Lakers fans and for the organization to panic, but I still had my questions when they made the trade, how good of a fit this was. And the answer, first of all, even if this works out, it's a horrible fit. I don't know how Westbrook fits in with this roster. Now, well, you can it, talk about if how it works Westbrook out. How can it be a terrible fit? Well, because I'm saying that talent wise, they might overcome the lack of a proper fit into a scheme but I don't know if this team's actually good enough to win a title. That, that a, that's my point. Is that a modern-day big three with Westbrook, Davis, and LeBron, provided they stay healthy? If you compare it to the other two, or if you compare it to the other big threes in the league, right. one of the better ones, but it's not because of Westbrook. Let's well, put it that well, way. Well, I meant the all-timer from, what would you call the best big three, the Miami? Uh, it's got to be up there. I mean, the Miami one, Bosch, of course, is the weakest link there, but right. still... Bosch used to be an all-star. Of course, you had, you, had, you had Magic, Kareem, and James Worthy. 
not a bad three. I would say that would probably be my pick. Yeah. Is it, Magic and Kareem are both two top 10, arguably top five guys. Uh, Jordan Pippen and... I'm not throwing Kukoc in there. Rodman maybe for... I was going to say I was gonna say Rodman, yeah. I'm, I, I guess, but Rodman, I mean, he had a select skill set. He was elite at that, but, you know, okay, it's tough. So if I had to pick a, the best big three... You could even make an argument if you wanted to go with the Celtics and you wanted to go with like a Bird, McHale, and maybe a Parrish. You could have made an argument. Oh, I thought you were going to say Bob Cousy and Bill Russell, John Havlicek. Well, they had nine Hall of Famers, so that's a separate story. You okay. can have a whole team of, of Hall of Famers. Best on point team. guard of all time? Oh, the best big three of all time, in my opinion, would be Curry, Clay, and Durant. Okay, solid. I mean, I, I just think that was a human cheat code. Like, I, I don't know how you're supposed to beat that big three. Very good. All right. But anyway, so we were through that. We worried about Westbrook or not. No, I I am for the fit because I thought that it was a terrible trade in the first place, but not for the underachieving preseason for the preseason. I think that there are signs of some issues during the regular season. Now, the main issue, we know Westbrook's going to turn the ball over a lot because it's what he does. We know Westbrook's got enough to slow starts in the regular season before, but in the last preseason game against the Suns, they got blown out. And the issue they ran into was that defenses were attacking LeBron and AD in the pick and roll. And they were giving Westbrook about 20 feet from the three-point line. Nobody near him. And he couldn't hit a shot. Right. Because he is a historically awful three-point shooter. So if you're late in the game and you're going to end up trapping AD on the roll, you're going to trap the ball handler with LeBron, and you're going to ignore uh, Westbrook, who's just standing there at the three-point line, I think the Lakers have problems because Westbrook, we all know, despite his talented athleticism, is an abysmal outside shooter. True. True. All right. He's no Ben Simmons, but, you know. Ben Simmons at least doesn't shoot because he knows he's bad at it. Westbrook's going to chuck yeah. up five of them and he'll make one of them. All right, bud. So, quick reminder to everybody, we are, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour or so. We'll give you the winners. Well, what do you think, though, about Westbrook? What do I think about I, I think it's early to panic, but I think you would agree that there are signs from what you've seen that that trio might now work with Westbrook being off ball. Yeah, sometimes the uh, the the hole is not greater than the sum of the parts. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out. You put s- superstars together like that. and I'm still not sure they can even stay healthy for the whole year. Well, that's, you know, that's a great question. You know, I don't know when the last time AD played, what, 65 games was? You look at all three of them. LeBron got injured last year. Yep. Westbrook got injured last year. Yep. AD's always injured. Well, LeBron was hurt the year before too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's what happens when you get to be get to be an old man like that, Scott. Can't really start piling up. All right. So let's talk about a little uh, sports action here tonight. Starting baseball, Scott. You got the Dodgers. You got the Giants. Two best teams in baseball battling it out. Two teams enter, one team leads, one team leaves. The Thunderdome there in San Francisco. It's going to be Logan Webb against uh, Julio Urias. Urias led the majors in wins this season, Scott, or led the National League. I don't know if he led the majors. but They led the majors. Uh, that's what I thought he did. He was the only one with 20. Isn't that weird? Not today because you're pulling starters a lot earlier. Yeah, and there's not like they're – not like they're throwing less pitches. They just seem way less efficient. You're also looking at Urias, and you look at his body of work. He has a lot of wins only going five innings. He does. So, Logan Webb, this kid, Scott, he's a grinder. He'll, he'll go out Dealing there. He's going, to give, he's going to give you distance, and quite likely he's going to give you a very good start. In fact, the Dodgers are actually the underdogs in this game. As the uh, I see Pickham on DraftKings. Uh, we've got the, uh, got San Francisco minus 110. So it's going to be very close to pick. I mean, could, I, I would guess there's going to be Dodgers money coming in. There's always Dodgers money coming in. That's kind of what they do. They drive over, they drive over, uh, from Los Angeles to Vegas. They put their the money The Giants down. cannot be favored in any games in this series. They've won 107 games. It's not good enough. Nope. Nope. That's just not how it's going to end. So, uh, we mentioned it. Logan Webb's got very good. Very good. His uh, last time out, he got. Did the Giants have one more game of magic in them? I can't doubt them now, can I? I know that on paper everyone's going to like the Dodgers. Uh-huh. You got the league leader in wins. You got a great offense. You killed the Giants in the last game. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to have some fun. Give me the Giants. I think that this team 
I don't want to say it's a team of destiny because that, of course, sounds cliche. And if they get their ass kicked, I'm going to sound like an idiot. But right. I just think the Giants are a really, really good team that have been disrespected all year long. And people are automatically penciling the Dodgers in as a shoe-in to win this game. If Urias is only going to give you five and Webb will probably give you six or seven, I do think the Giants have a bit of an edge in terms of starting pitching. You? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And, you know, this is... This is the real clash of the Titans as far as the pitchers go, because Logan Webb quietly been very good. He's won 11 of his last 12 starts. or the, Well, the, the Giants have won 11 of his last 12. Anytime we say that, we don't mean the pitcher that actually got the win. He may or may not have actually got the W. That matters not one bit to me. 20 wins, that means nothing for me for Urias. So he's won 11 of his last 12. Urias, the Dodgers, have won 12 in a row of his starts. So literally... Something has to give here. Uh, Webb was very good. Like I said, his last time out as he went in uh, game one against Bueller, went seven and two-thirds, five hits, no walks, no runs, 10 Ks. Urias, also very good in game two as he uh, allowed one run over five innings, three hits, one walk, five Ks. So there you go. Went five innings once again. Um, it's a situation where they just didn't, uh, they wanted to get the bullpen in and he had, uh, he was gas. He, he throws, he throws a lot of pitches. He's not, he's not efficient. He gives up a lot of foul balls. So make your pick, buddy. It's time. I'm going with the giants. Okay. Uh, it's, I don't know if it's wishful thinking because I really want to laugh at the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And I think the giants are just a great story. I am going to go with the giants. It's for me tough to inst- to automatically fade based on reputation a team that went 54 and 27 at home this season. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I'm going to go with the Giants. I expect a low scoring game. It'll be a grind. I think it's going to be a one run game. I'll tell you that much. I think it's going to be extremely extremely sweaty for whatever side you have in this game. But I'm going with a 3 to 2 final. Give me the Giants. Yep, you? two two of the best bullpens in the league go at it. By the way, Dodgers three eleven bullpen, uh, Giants three oh seven. Giants hit lefties pretty well, averaging five point one runs per game. Dodgers hit right-handers a little bit worse than they hit lefties. So should be a fun game. Got a lot of good football games on, but I know one of my screens is going to be on this baseball game. So well, on the bright side, it's also the West Coast. So you say, luckily, it's a, luckily it's a late yeah. start. That's right. It's it's. It's not as late as they usually are. It's it's going to be a 9.07 Eastern start time instead of 10.07. It'll start to overlap with the fourth quarter of a couple games. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. So, I've again, I don't. it's hard to separate what I want with what I think, but it's, it's hard to bet against the Giants. It's hard to bet against Logan Webb. I'd rather have the guy that's going to go the distance, Scott. That's, that's the way it is. I'd rather have the guy that's going to give me that extra two, one or two innings. You, you hit it right on the head. I'll take, I'll take the starter. That is going to give you just a little bit more, and you have to worry about the bullpen just a little bit less. Even though the bullpen's have been pretty good, mm. I'll take the guy that's going to go longer and going to get lasted bats. Give me the give me the walk off. I don't hate I don't hate your three to two. Give me a walk. Give me a walk off. Uh, four to three as the Dodgers are as the Giants are down three to two going into the bottom of the ninth and hit a dramatic walk off two run home. Classic Jansen. We're still holding out there for Jansen. Classic but, Jansen, right there. But, do you do you put do you put Henley Jansen in if it's if it's if it's two to one in the bottom of the ninth? You have to. Even in the playoffs, he's been great. Okay. You don't have a choice. All right, he's your guy. There but you. all I know is that for this series, the Giants the whole season have murdered odds makers. If you lose a minus one hundred five on the Giants or minus one ten, mm-hmm. you're up maybe eighty units on the Giants this season. I can sacrifice a minus 110 loss to end the season. They're one of the most profitable teams of all time. Yep, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So this, uh, um, they had this matchup twice this season, and uh, the Dodgers lost both of them. Urias against Webb. It, that did fir- not apply in this series, though, because Webb pitched game one and Urias pitched game two. Correct, correct. Uh, it was back in back in May, Giants won 11-6, to six, and at the end of July, Giants won 4-2. Wait, so I just realized, is Urias on short rest? Or is he full? Because he was the game after Webb. He was, uh, let's see. The, uh, he had a couple days off, of course. So, the so, we, so twice, Okay, so, but... t- so, so, so today is Friday. So they had Thursday off. They played Wednesday, Tuesday, 
They were off Monday. They played. So he pitched on Sunday. So he's got uh, four days. Yeah, he's going to be short. So I'm just saying, if Urias doesn't give you much length anyway, he might yeah. go even less. They're going to be they're going to be on the same. No, wait, he's going to be on the right because they brought back Bueller short. Okay, they brought back Bueller on three days. So yeah, he's going to get he's going to get his full rest. So okay, they had sure. the they had the travel day. So all right, give me Giants right there, and yep, we've got a couple of college football games. I know uh, one of them we're going to be getting to a little bit later. But you got any thoughts on the uh, on the Navy game, Scott? Navy playing a little better football here lately. They go up against Memphis. Memphis, ten and a half point favorite, Scott. Uh, does that seem a little high to you? Well, the logic behind the line is that Navy's defense is god awful, but I don't really care. Their defense actually Navy... is, is, isn't terrible. They they have a bad pass defense, but their run well, defense that, isn't bad. That's the point. Yeah, their defense as a whole has been underwhelming compared to usual standards, right. and. You're looking at the defense for Navy. They give up 234 uh, passing yards per game. Memphis is averaging 323. So you're assuming Memphis is just going to air it out, and they should have no resistance, which is the logic. Now, Navy, we disagreed on against Houston over the weekend. I got that one right. Uh, Houston was awful to start the game. They almost covered kind of a bad beat there because they took a knee or got tackled like the three-yard line, which would have covered. But the point is, what, Navy hung in there. What game are you talking about? Ever since about? they switched offensive coordinators, ever whoa. since they switched quarterbacks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What game are you talking about with Navy? The SMU game. Oh, SMU. You said Houston. Sorry, I meant the SMU game over the weekend. Okay, but but they did beat the number in that game. They did, but I'm saying SMU got tackled like the two-yard lines. They were really close to covering in the end. Oh, heartbreaker. But, but, but Navy hung in there. Right. So I think this team is different with the offensive coordinator change and the new quarterback. It's really a situation where do I think Memphis can stop the run? And last week, I thought that they were, that uh, SMU was not going to stop the run as easily against Navy. Mm-hmm. And Navy had some success. I, mean, I, know they had, I know that Navy had a defensive touchdown in there. But I don't think Memphis defensively is a good team. They let Tulsa torch them I, they, for 35. They let Temple torch them. I think Navy's alive to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the points. They've given up 595 yards on the ground their last three games, and they they haven't exactly come against powerhouses. They came against Tulsa, they came against Temple, and they did give up 205 against UTSA, and UTSA is going to run the ball. So I'll give them a little bit of a pass there, but you're giving up 4.8 yards per carry to Temple, and then you're giving up 235, 5.1 yards per carry to Tulsa. Come on. Come on, guys. All I'm saying is if you've lost three straight games to UTSA, Temple, and Tulsa, mm-hmm. are you really going to be interested in laying 10 and a half? I can't. I, I, I can't. No. No, absolutely not. And I want to, what I want to see, I want to, I want to get it up here because my grid, I don't have. What do you want to know? I don't have the money lines built in. So oh. um, I was just curious to see because I think that's. Navy's I, plus three twenty. Yeah, I think that's worth. I think that's worth a shot right there. That's I've got that on Bet Online. Navy plus three twenty for the money line. So I really, I think the ten and a half is a really solid play, and I think the uh, plus three twenty is certainly worth a sprinkle. I'm looking at the over as well. Okay, I mean, it's tough to really love an over with Navy being involved. Yeah, but Memphis we know should have success through the air. We think Memphis is going to give up a bunch of rushing yards. I just see a lot of scoring drives. Of course, Navy can go on a ten-minute drive and kill you, mm-hmm. which could happen. But they're Memphis also they're, getting... they're also terrible in the red zone. Just just uh, just a heads up they they score they score only a third of the time they score touchdowns just a third of the time they're in the red zone. So we also might have empty trips because Navy, you know, if it's within two three yards, they're going for it in every fourth down. Well, but that's what I'm telling you. They could they could get down to the eight. And end up kicking a field goal on the end of a nine. I'm saying they might not even kick drive. the field goal. They might just turn over on downs. Also, like, that's also what I'm true. saying. But I'm going to fade Memphis's defense. They can't stop the run. They can't stop anything. Oh, and by and the way, Memphis turns the ball over two times a game. They've, they've got ten turnovers so far. Yeah, I, I think Navy's got a shot to win this thing. Yep, totally agree. All right, uh, a little NFL. Scott TP12 had his hand wrapped up, looked like a mummy. Said he's fine. Thumbs okay. He's going to be without Gronkowski. Does that matter to you? Uh, I'll tell you what, I do think Tampa's a bit banged up. Brady over the last couple of years has really been awful at covering spreads in primetime games. I don't know if you noticed that mm-hmm. his teams have been awful, but they win the game. They usually just don't win by margin, but uh, it's torn because Philly, I don't even know what that game was last week. 
they were awful for about two and a half quarters and somehow beat Carolina. I'm not sure how they won that game. Right. I know Darnold threw three picks. That was a disaster. So Sam Darnold, welcome back. But Philly won the game. I do think the home crowd is going to play a factor in this one, but this line does seem right at around seven. I've seen some six and a halves. Okay. So I think if you want to take Tampa, you could get six and a half and lay it, but I might surprise you. I'm actually leaning to Philly. Okay. You. Well, it, you've got to look at the fact that Antoine Winfield's out. Levante Davis is out. Those are huge. And the defense wasn't even that good in the first place. Defense not that good to start with. And uh, JPP is questionable. He's been nursing that uh, shoulder injury. He's got a broken finger. He says it's broken in, he's, it's broken in two. So his finger is broken in two. It's two halves. I'm assuming that that's on one hand because the other hand doesn't have many fingers. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bad break right there when you're when you're already down a couple of digits and then mm-hmm. the other one gets snapped in two. So you know that that te- that troubles me. And like you said, it's a defense that wasn't all that good to start with, and that's been one of the mysteries. You and I have talked about that. They also uh, killed Miami. Can we just acknowledge that Brissett went up and down the field for about two quarters? Sure. And you know, here's the thing. They gave up 17 to Miami. They gave up 17 to New England. A couple of pretty seriously offensively challenged teams. And Miami could Miami and New England probably could have had more, to be honest. They left a couple of opportunities on the table. Right. But and then they and then they give up almost 30 points a game to the Rams, the Falcons, and the Cowboys. The Falcons one is the one that jumps off because the Rams and the Cowboys both have solid offenses. Yeah. The Eagles offense, we don't really know. But I do like that Hertz gives them a running angle especially if they're a little bit short on the defensive line, the linebacking core. I do think Hertz can create some extra time in the pocket. We know the crowd in Philly is going to be amped. I do think that'll play a factor. I think that people are loving Tampa less than a touchdown just because of the fact that it's Tampa and the other side's an NFC East team. But all those injuries seem like it's a really, really big sucker play. If you're going to lay it with Tampa, I'm taking the points. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's going to be. I think it's. Of course, I'm taking the seven, not the six and a half, but I'll take the seven. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair too. I see a lot of offense involved here, so I will play the. uh, I'll play the over. I agree. Ah, Philly. It just that just has heartbreak written all over it. I'm. uh, It really does, but I have some questions. If Tampa's actually going to get many stops when they need to, I think they'll get enough to win the game. But do you think it'll be one possession late? I do, so I'm going to take the points. All right, I I don't. You know what? I'm going to lay it. I'm I'm just. I I you completely flip flopped in the last ten seconds. I know. I was. I'm just looking. I'm just. I keep coming back to the 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 83 points they gave up to Dallas in in Kansas City, and I don't think Tampa's quite on that level. But they ain't missing it far. They are the. Well, they in. They score more points than Kansas City. They they're third in the league in scoring. Kansas City's fifth. So, and by the way, can we talk about what a horrible run that is for three of the four weeks? You have to play three of the top five scoring teams in the NFL. Disastrous. That's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. I wouldn't be surprised to see them give up 40 plus again. Uh, I can't take the under. I mean, that's obvious. No, no, I'll I'll take, I'll take the team with, they just can't stop anybody. Give me Philly. Okay. I mean, I mean, give me, give me, give me, give me Tampa. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go with Philly. All right. Good enough. All right, buddy. And that just leaves us. And then there was one, um, we have put our heads together. We do it every day, and we have come up with our favorite play. It's going to be a non-hockey play, so get ready. Take off your sweaters. Put on your overalls. Put on that straw hat. Climb on your John Deere tractor and fire that baby up because it's time to bet to farm. All right, so we're going to be taking a look. In the college football ranks, we're going to be looking at Georgia Southern and USA. USA. That's right. Not that USA. The other USA. South Alabama Jaguars. And we're going to take we're going to take Georgia Southern here, Scott. Plus the three points. That's minus 110 at BetMGM. Georgia Southern owns this series, Scott. They have never lost to South Alabama, at least since the second incarnation of South Alabama. They are 7-0 straight up all time against the Jags. Georgia Southern, as you might know, they run the triple option. And South Alabama, they don't stop regular running attacks very well. They have allowed at least 212 yards in their, each of their last two games. And the Eagles, they don't always win, but they usually get close. They are 7-1 against the spread versus a team with a winning record over their last eight. Georgia Southern, 
Can't stop the run, baby. Sorry about South Alabama. Thought they might have South something. Alabama can't stop the run. Well, South Alabama, as I'm saying, they can't stop the run. Georgia Southern, I think they're going to run up and down the field. I like them, plus the three points. Give me the Eagles. I'm tempted by the money line there, Scott. Any interest in playing the money line? Well, we've always talked about how if the spread's three or less, you should always look at the money line. Plus 135, baby. I still have question marks if Georgia Southern isn't going to fumble the win away at some point because this team isn't exactly run properly. But South Alabama, we talked about it. They're allowing over 200 rushing yards for each of the last two games. And all Georgia Southern wants to do is run the damn ball. So if you're looking for a perfect matchup based in current form, it's a triple option offense against a team that can't stop the run. Getting plus points, we got to do that. They have seven running backs that have tallied at least 100 yards or more this season. Does that include the quarterbacks that never throw? Yes, yes, it does. Okay. You, and you've got you've got they've got four quarterbacks they put not like in the full rotation, but you might see four quarterbacks take a snap for Georgia Southern. And they're yeah. not looking to throw. They're they new. might throw one pass, kind of like an Army or a Navy, where maybe somebody breaks it open. But I think Georgia Southern might go for 250 on the ground. Yeah, it's 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 very, very possible. So keep an eye on that. But that's what we're going to play. We're going to play the Georgia Southern Eagles plus three. That's going to be our bet the farm play. And that's going to do it for our show today. As always, we thank you guys very much for tuning us in. Checking us out, doing that thing. Don't forget to rate and review if you're on the podcast. And don't forget to drop us a comment and like, of course, if you're watching us on the YouTubes. For myself and for Scott Reichel, for the whole team over here at Winners and Winers, we appreciate you guys uh, checking us out today. Come along with the journey anytime you want to. We'll be here each and every day as we do our thing on Winners and Winers Radio. You guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.